Hello and a warm welcome to another episode. My guest today is Alexander Müller, former consultant at Roland Berger, head of revenue operations at Photo and vice president revenue operations at Cognigy. Together we are talking about what are the indicators to set up a revenue ops team, who should be on your team and to whom should you report. So let's dive into it and welcome Alexander. So it's a pleasure to have you, Alexander, today and with me. Thanks, Bjorn. Super happy to be here today. So I checked before and on, on, on LinkedIn, and if you look at RevOps uh, position titles, you just get 200 people in Switzerland, Austria, and Germany. And you set up twice uh, RevOps teams in uh, different uh, startups. So I'm super curious, and I would uh, suggest to just dive into it. Alexander, what did you learn uh, while setting up RevOps teams at such a young stage of a company? Yeah, that's actually a very, very interesting thing. And I noticed that also the whole title is booming and LinkedIn actually also marked RevOps or RevOps Manager last year as one of the fastest and most growing job titles on LinkedIn's platform. And uh, that, of course, is a little bit of benefit for, for myself because we have been coining revenue operations in, in that sense already now for five years, more or less. So I have built up revenue operations previously at LockTech startup here in Berlin, Forto. We were growing from roughly 20 people to, to 850. And then also at conversational AI startup Cognigy, where we build up a global revenue function. And uh, now I'm actually supporting startups in the software space to build up a revenue function and to help all their go-to-market teams being more aligned. And to, to answer your question, what did I learn? I think that's a little bit uh, too broad the question to, to just focus on one. There are actually so many learnings. And uh, what I can definitely say is that the whole revenue operations function really also due to what happened after COVID, what happened during the Ukraine war um, about the economic downturn became more and more important to so many companies. All right, then uh, let me help you to kind of give it a little bit more structure because it was of, of course a very broad question. So when I look at RevOps, so what I, I would be curious about is there kind of, what kind of indicators came up that you decided to create this this new department so that would be one angle yeah. the second angle is to to start with the basics and saying because RevOps it's still quite new at least in the german speaking area so what is your general understanding or how did you define RevOps? because for me it's serving the entire customer journey um, and the the third component is where from an organizational point of view where should it be kind of what should be the direct reporting line because we we both know that has a tremendous effect in the way RevOps is serving the company yeah so i think a very very good starting point is really when do companies actually think of setting up that position and i noticed that also from the customers that i'm that i'm consulting and that i'm working with that a very typical pattern for them is that they realize that they don't know actually what's happening on their go-to-market side. So especially when companies are growing, when they go uh, global at the latest stage or when they have more than, than one country that they are operating in, they often tend to 
note that actually the whole go-to-market process is not really aligned anymore. So marketing is doing something else than BDRs are doing. Sales is selling in a different way and in the worst case, even a different product or a different wording at least about the product in different areas. And if you would ask 10 people in the same company, they would probably pitch you the product in a different way. And what that leads to is actually efficiency losses on the one hand, um, loss of control for, for management. And the worst then, of course, is that you're stuck in your growth motion. And when companies realize that these things come together, they are often looking for um, support. And I actually firmly believe that revenue operations can help companies here. And the definition for, for revenue operations is very, very hard to, to grasp. I myself always say that the support or the outcome of revenue operations should be an efficient go-to-market process. You really want to streamline the go-to-market process. And that's also why it's revenue operations and not only sales operations from the beginning to the end. And um, that is, in the end, the, the core of it is really to make the conversion rate along the funnel higher, to make the conversion rate quicker and the conversion speed quicker, and to really help go-to-market teams be as efficient as they can and align them across the, the whole funnel. Now I would like to, to know more. So having this this goal, which totally makes sense for me. So what would be kind of your first two, three hires or how did you set up the team to, to serve exactly these, these goals? Because it sounds like a lot of data crunching, CRM optimization and so forth. So I'm, Def I'm definitely, curious. I think when you want to hire for a revenue operations team, you really need to understand what do you actually need and I always try to put that into different phases of the company. So revenue operations for me is um, basically three areas that it should be covering. One is the classical operations. I always say that's kind of the engineering, it's the building of the, um, the machine, the building of our racing car. The second is for me analytics. So I have already a good car. I need to know now in what corner of our racetrack or on what turn do I actually lose most of the time. And the third is then enablement. And uh, with enablement, then I have a good car. I know where I'm losing time on, on the racetrack. And now I actually need to, to tell my, my drivers, and that's my go-to-market team, especially my um, my account executives, but also my marketing teams, my customer success representatives, how can they be better with this specific car and how can we make our lab a little bit quicker? Of course, it's super okay. difficult to, to start with all of that, right? You, you can't start with everything at the same time. And um, I always give, so yeah, you go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, no, but no, I'm, I'm super fascinated. So let's start with the first one to, to set up the, the foundation, because I'm, I'm also working with a lot of startups. I've invested in, in, in seed uh, and, and growing companies. So the, 
the silo insights of marketing is doing his or her own stuff, then sales, customer success, and the alignment with product, it's getting super fast, super messy. So how do you really align everyone on the same page that they are collecting the right data in the right amount in the right, I, th I would say the, the right level of professionalism if you are really growing a company, because of course you could aim for the perfect scenario, but let's, let's face it, it's, uh, it's never be perfect. So it should be kind of a process to, towards that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really the, the tricky part, right? Especially when, when companies become um, too large. So I think always the, the perfect um, human network is around 130 people, right? That's, that's a given thing. That's actually proven by, by science. And you can actually also relate that to companies when you're or when you have been working in a company with roughly 100 to 150 people, you actually know everyone, you know, more or less what's going on in what area of the business. And of course, if a company is even smaller, then you often don't even have specific functions yet. Right. And um, you're kind of doing everything all at once, especially in the startup world. Um, and when when companies are, are growing more, then this becomes really tricky and you really need to have the touch points to the different areas. So revenue operations, not that much focused on, on the product side, more focused really on the go to market side on the delivery. Um, but you also need to have basically your touch points to any other um, area in the, in the company, because revenue operations in itself is really a, a strategic function. It's not only about um, operating, not only and definitely not a support unit for, for sales. And the way that I've been doing that in the past is that we really had a dedicated touch point and a dedicated person, even maybe a single um, point of contract for, for a specific department to any department in the company, because you cannot manage the, the revenue side if you don't know what marketing course about their part but also finance or product are doing right you need to know what are their priorities and you need to include those to um, serve your customers in the end the best way right to bring out the right messaging and um coming so you are were reporting to the operational line or you were reporting to the financial um i've been i've been seeing seeing both and there are actually um supporting evidence for 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 both sides as well in my opinion so you i think there's only one thing that you definitely don't want and that's having um, revenue operations report to the um, sales leader directly why um if there is already a CRO, for instance, then it's definitely the, the CRO and not, not, for instance, the VP sales. You don't want it to be only sales operations, right? That's something different. And you don't want that silo. You actually want to have that neutral view. And therefore, mm -hmm. there are um, two, I would say, um, currently dominating um, positions. So that's either reporting to the CRO, if there is one already existing, if not, then it's often the CEO or the CFO. And um, there are um, pros and cons for either. 
for the CRO, I think that it's the most obvious, right? I mean, even the title is similar, right? The chief revenue officer and revenue operations working together, it's often the right hand. Um, mm -hmm. A very strong pro is definitely that you can really help the person that's um, uh, having the the biggest interest in the revenue of her organization as well. And you always have the management buy-in for, for your main projects. So that's, that's definitely a pro. A con is actually that you're becoming a little bit blind maybe, and that you're not seeing what's actually really the neutral output of the revenue organization. And that's the big pro why a revenue operations is sometimes also sitting with the CFO, because the CFO in the end is interested in in the neutral outcome, he or she really want to know what does actually my revenue function deliver. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the big con of this is that revenue operations can then also easily become a controlling function. And you don't want it to be only a controlling function, right? You also want to have those operational um, impacts of it. You also do want um, operations to to support sellers in their day-to-day -day activity, right? You want to make them more efficient and you definitely don't want to lose the touch point to um, the revenue function. And yeah. I think just that's my, my, my biggest advice here. Always be a trusted partner for all sides of the business and especially, especially for the people that are talking to your customers every day. And that's the BDRs, that's the SDRs, that's the sales managers, and um, that's also marketing if, and product marketing. Yeah, for me, the, the biggest con is uh, what you, you mentioned. It's the, the lack of enablement when you went through the, the three pillars. So the one thing is, I would call it the, the technical structure, the, um, the tech stack. Uh, the other thing is the, the analysis part. And then you have the enablement part. We could argue about strategy, but this is, comes to the organization order yeah. in, in my point of view. Um, the enablement part, it's... Um, and I think uh, you, you would agree or I have a, a strong indication. So this is super fundamental. So this is crucial. This is fundamental. And if you just have this RevOps, and this is what I see sometimes in the market, is that it's just a data department. It's a supporting unit, like you were saying. But the enablement part sets sets a good Rev, uh, Rev, RevOps team, or how you call it, apart from, yeah, we just see some indications based on numbers or data, but we really find solution with all our supporting uh, departments. Yeah. Like this is kind of the action stream for, for marketing. This is what we can uh, support um, or improve in, in sales. This is the implications on customer success. This is product operations and so forth. So in my point of view, the enablement part is fundamental to really create this go-to market machine engine how you will call it and this kind of contradicts or speaks against the the cfo part yeah but i totally yeah. follow uh that both both ways could i be. totally agree and i think that's a very very important thing that i also have been noticing that uh, many companies tend to focus on too late in in the beginning i always said um don't focus on enablement too early right get your execution right get your operations right get your numbers um, correct and then start bringing in enablement. But 
that's actually a big learning for, for myself as well, that many companies wait too long to bring in enablement. And it's super hard to find this person. Mm. And I think it's probably the most difficult to hire position within the revenue operations team to find somebody who's really good in enablement and to also decide when is the right time for a company to actually onboard somebody as, as a full-time position, for instance, to do enablement. Yeah, and what I also see when the company is growing that you have, in my world or in kind of my head, it's more like a metrics. So that you have kind of, um, you have the, the ownership or everything is coming together in RevOps or some call it uh, revenue strategy and operations. And then you, you have kind of work streams in how to improve the, the process. And then you have either way dotted line or uh, somehow, then you, of course, you have sales enablement. Yeah. You have um, SDR, BDR enablement. You even have kind of customer success enablement when it comes to expansion. So what Definitely. is your point of view in, in this regard? <laughs> to to have all of the positions or what should be the first position have one basically it's one overview so this is basically a facilitator connector um in the ref ops part so this is one person who is uh, dedicated on um, enablement but then you have to make sure that sales has his own enablement team or um, yeah. kind of fte but also uh, customer success, yeah. because then you, at some point you aren't an expert in that field, which is needed to improve the processes uh, in sales, for example, or customer success. Yeah, I think there are, there are very, very different approaches to that, right? Um, first of all, um, I think in the beginning, you do want to focus on um, rather bringing over very general concepts of, um, how you want to sell as a company, ensuring that everyone is following that, right? And that's something that also probably one person can be doing in the beginning. And this person doesn't necessarily need to be an expert in, in all areas, right? And I think that's something that you need to embrace also when, when working in revenue operations. You need to have people who are experts, who are going really deep down, but you also need to have a lot of and people who have a very broad understanding of the funnel, right? Because that's actually what's setting it apart from being, for instance, sales ops or from being only marketing ops, right? You need this holistic layer on top. And that is also what you need to bring on the enablement side. Also, somebody who is doing enablement, it's it's great if that person is an expert, right? It's, it's probably the best thing that can happen to you, somebody who has worked in that specific field already for five years for, or for even longer. But finding that, especially for startups who are maybe building up their own new product, their own new category, is basically impossible, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, in, in my previous role, we built up a conversational AI company. Conversational AI wasn't really even a thing five years ago, right? So how would you find somebody who has been doing it that long? And um, It's super interesting regarding the skill set. So definitely. especially in... Kicking, kicking off yeah, um, totally makes sense for me. So you need someone, if I would rephrase it, to who is able to connecting the dots, but then also formulate actions out of this input because exactly. it doesn't help to just analyze. And, and this is yeah, and be a sparring uh, partner, right? And get your information, yeah. soak it up, ask the right people, understand what they are doing. And I have both seen people coming from a sales background and coming from an HR background, leading that enablement mm. position. 
And uh, also there, there are good uh, sides and, and, and bad sides to either one. And I think also there again, and we speak specifically about this enablement side, it's super important that you also keep the connection to the HR team, to the global enablement, right? Because um, you as, as revenue operations, when you do enablement, you want to focus on the go-to-market, but there are also things that you, you're not responsible for, right? And that, that need to be set up on a global level cultural onboarding in general, for instance, right? Um, having a, a general company um, set up in, in onboarding. Those are all things that keep or stay with HR, also very general trainings, I would say. And then you have the more specific support, the more specific learning curve in, and learning tracks in revenue operations and the enablement in the revenue enablement side. All right, I have a, um, this super in insightful and super valuable. Um, so I have a, a tough uh, question, uh, a last question for you. So just imagine um, you are entering, we, ha we are talking about kind of series A startup, re revenue, uh, million revenue plus, um, and you setting up, you can set up your ideal RevOps team, bearing in mind the kind of series A still quite early. Who would you nominate and uh, if you could nominate also your uh, direct reporting line so how would the setup look like if i have to make make the choice uh, i think in a in a series a startup you usually don't have a cro yet right you sometimes have somebody who might become that but i think the reporting line in, in such an early stage needs to be to to the ceo and often that's only where startups are starting to actually set up a revenue operations role and my suggestion then really is to to focus also on or very much on execution in the beginning ensuring that your processes are right you don't have to be super stringent and super um, detailed in, in every process right there's also a too much at some point we all know that i think but it will be way harder for you to change fundamental reportings to change fundamental processes in your CRM, in your tool stack, when you are bigger. And that's why you need to, to make that really right in the beginning. I would nominate somebody and, and hire somebody who is a generalist, who has a good understanding, who has, in the best case, done sales for a little bit herself or himself before, who brings some technical interest means wants to do a tool setup as well can do at least a, a rough setup right of of your hubspot of your salesforce or whatever crm you're using and who and i think that's the the second most important um, uh, character straight who has like this conceptual understanding and who who can generalize also across the, the whole funnel right who can um, be a little bit of a sparings partner consultant to, to the CEO, to the sales leader, to the marketing leader, and brings along this good understanding also for numbers. But the most important thing that this person needs to bring along for me is communication skills, especially in the early stage, right? I said, you need to be a sparings partner to all of, of these teams. You need to be a good communicator. You need to say no. You need to understand why um, you are doing certain things and you need to communicate that out to the other teams as well. And um, that's probably the, the most important character straight. To just to summarize, communications first, co 
conceptual things and understanding second, bringing some analytical knowledge, a little bit of interest on the tooling side. Uh, those are kind of the four things that I would be looking for. I know it's very hard to find that specific person, but it will be worth it. And um, you will really make a difference for your company. Yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, agree. Um, I would split. Um, um, I would go for a budget of two uh, people uh, and really have one technical, strong technical background, ideally worked with HubSpot um, um, or Salesforce before, because this is kind of really the, the glue to everything. Absolutely. And then I would go, I would go for um, uh, and a strongly communicate, a strong communication and analytical skills to then translate the insights into um, uh, operations um, and really have the stakeholder management uh, along the uh, entire yeah, customer journey. Absolutely. So that would be my my setup for uh, for success. Absolutely, and depending also on your on your company size, right, and the data you have available, I think it's also very important to bring in somebody with a strong analytical background um, pretty early. Definitely not one of the first two hires, maybe the third, maybe the fourth hire um, for the team. But you're in the end the sparing partner. You need to understand why certain things are working out in a, in a specific way or why they are not working, right? And then the best case, you're getting ahead of the curve. You're in front of um, the CEO, the CRO, the CFO, and can tell them actually already why things are not working out. And then together with your generalists, um, develop strategies to mitigate that. And together with your tool person that you mentioned earlier, um, implement it also. All right. Thanks so much, Alexander. It was, uh, we could spend hours together. So maybe we, we do a second uh, episode. So it, it was to. a true pleasure. Thank you so much. So uh, I hope uh, you liked this episode. I will share uh, um, Alexander's uh, link in the show notes. So uh, please share, comment, uh, like uh, if you really enjoyed this episode and uh, we will see each other pretty soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Bye. Bjorn. listening to the SaaS Symphony. If you like this episode, please subscribe and get informed automatically about the next one. We also welcome your candid feedback to improve even further. Thank you. Mm -hmm.